we got a chance to talk uh, a couple months ago. You you were doing your canned food drive, but uh, mm-hmm. you've been really busy in the past couple months. Now that you're you're free to do some some wrestling appearances, uh-huh. in TNA, MLW, GCW. Uh, I think there's some other three letter acronyms in between there that I, I'm yeah. probably, I'm missing. I, I'm I'm avoiding saying them because I don't want to screw it up. But uh, was it? Yeah, screw it. Was it CCW? CCW. There you go. Okay. I didn't want to. I'm also at NWA this weekend. I'm everywhere, man. All right. Uh, so we'll we'll cover a little bit of everything. But first things first, MLW Intimidation Games is uh, Thursday, February 29th. Leap year, leap day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be facing Mr. Thomas. This uh, Bomae Fight Club versus WTF thing sort of continuing. Uh Talk to me about how the talks with MLW started, where you fit into the grand scheme of things, joining, you know, you're, you're backed by MSL on TV, but tell me how you fit in with everything. Um, You know, uh, I was in the nine months between the first time I got released and when I got brought back uh, to SmackDown, I was already talking to the people at MLW about working with them. Um, So when I became a free agent again, uh it was just a quick no-brainer to get back in the fold uh i've had a relationship with alex kane for a uh for a long time now um he asked me for advice for a long time now and uh clearly he's needed it uh you know he uh he uh now has to be shown what the teacher can actually teach the student as my dad used to say I taught him everything he knows, not everything I know. So uh, uh, I'm very much looking forward to going up against Alex eventually down the road. But Mr. Thomas, I'm going to slap him around this weekend. Um, I said it before on Twitter. He's like the less evolved Pokemon version of me. Um, like if you were to add a, a Firestone to Mr. Thomas is how you would make me. I'm the Charizard to his Charmeleon. So, you know, uh, and Ricochet would be Charmander. So, you know, we have uh, we have that, you know, in common. And uh, I'm going to show him who, who the big boss is this weekend. Or on Thursday, sorry. It's going to be going to be a fun show. Uh, MLW has a, has a really fun live element to the shows. A uh, little bit different where uh, they... they air some of the stuff live and then tape for tv do you know if you're gonna have a match for tv or maybe a teaser of like how much we're gonna see you on tv after intimidation games um honestly i don't know i'll I'll know all that when i get there on thursday i'm assuming um it'll be on live on thursday because let's be honest the people want to see me um and you know uh that would make the most sense for it to be live if it is live i'll be pulling the rick rude and i'll be on mlw and tna at the same time so uh it'll be it'll be cool uh to be able to to say that i did something like that but if it is taped uh either way i'm uh, like i said i'm gonna slap mr thomas around and uh, it's gonna be a good night for me yeah uh it's cool seeing how this is all unfolding because like you mentioned, you're also doing TNA TV. I don't know if I like, I had any expectations for it. I just knew like you were coming in. It was advertised as here's the appearance. 
and then you have your issues with Joe Hendry and it's been fun to watch. So mm-hmm. what's the, what's the dynamic there compared to working for MLW or these other companies we mentioned when we started recording, like TNA is on TV. It's kind of like your first appearance, your reintroduction to the wrestling world where did you, did you take a different approach for TNA or, or is it all kind of like when I no, get there, let's a, see what's good. No, no, it's more like, a, uh, you know, it's not just TNA. It's at MOW. It's going to be everywhere that I do. It's like, uh, I'm getting to do what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I'm getting to do the things that I pitch. I'm getting to do the things that I know will work. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, the the entire concept with DJ Who Kid and the laptop. I bought the laptop at a pawn shop the night before. I put the stickers on the laptop. I told him where to stand. I told him when to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and everyone's like, that works so well. I'm like, I know. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have good ideas. Uh that's why people would take my ideas. You know what I'm saying? Like I have good ideas. Um, you know, in the past, there just wasn't a spot for me to shine. Um, and I think that was intentional sometimes. Um, and you know, that's just how the business works, but now I'm getting the opportunity to do the things that I want. Uh, the promo that I did with Alex Kane that got over a hundred thousand views on MOW's, uh, Twitter alone, uh, that promo segment, nobody told me what to say. Nobody told me, they were just like, uh, we need a promo for Alex Kane and I sent it in. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, the, I've always, the, the biggest I think one of the biggest issues I've had in wrestling is the fact that wrestling fans and wrestling management don't understand that rap is promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, like people are like, wow, I didn't know you were such a good promo. I'm like, I put rap videos out every single week. Rap videos are harder than promos because you have to rhyme mm-hmm. and be on time. Like a promo, you can pace yourself. So like, but that's why I don't do as many rap videos anymore. Because I want to show people that I'm the best promo in this business. And if anybody has a problem with me saying I'm the best promo in this business, diss me. <laughs> Stand six feet away from me with a microphone. Let's both have microphones and see if you're better than me. If you, I don't think you are. I don't care who you are. So if you, you think you're better than me, let, let's actually do it. And I, I'll say this in this interview, and you can run this in print, and nobody will say shit because they know what the truth is. I'm not the most knowledge about a lot of hip hop or a lot of rap, but I know when you guys started doing the ciphers, like it was something different. And that's mm-hmm. what, you know, after watching wrestling for so long, there's obviously stuff that are going to be hallmarks. You want to see it o- over any kind of programming you're, you're watching, like good guy overcoming the bad guy or certain mm-hmm. hits, but like, something comes along every once in a while like that. And it's like, you don't understand it right away, but you know, it's different. And Mm -hmm. I even said the same thing about like Shinsuke when he first got to WWE, like he was, Mm -hmm. he was just doing his own thing. And it was like, you have my attention and let's see where this goes. And I think that's what gravitate. I I gravitated towards the ciphers too. Uh And the sad thing is we only ever did the one. And then like, and it was like, it was funny because like, all power in the world. I'm happy for Ashante to be tagging with Cedric. And I I, th- I know that's going to work because they're both great guys. But, like, I always thought it was funny that they, like, the writing team put in their uh, their first ever segment that they did, 
they told Cedric to tell him, oh, you're doing the diss track thing again. And I thought that was hilarious because why would they even say that when they never let us put a single diss track on TV? Mm-hmm. So it's like, so you're referencing something that you knew about and you're acknowledging that you ignored it. Like, that was just funny to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I, I, the things that I've been trying to do in this business have always been to be different because I'm not like anybody else. I didn't get into wrestling because I needed the money. I didn't get into wrestling because of I didn't have anything else to do. I got into wrestling because I fucking love this business. I When I was in the NFL, I spent my money traveling around the world to see wrestling. I've seen 20 different Ring of Honor tapings. I've been to five WrestleManias as a fan. I've been to the Royal Rumble. I've been, I've been all over the world watching wrestling. So it's like, I love wrestling. When I was in high school, if I didn't make it to college uh, I on scholarship, because I damn sure couldn't have afforded to go to college without a scholarship, uh, I would have started wrestling. If I didn't make it in the NFL after college, I would have started wrestling. Like I just played six years in the NFL and then I started wrestling. I moved to Orlando two years before my NFL career was even up because I knew whenever my football career ended, I was going to want to be at the PC. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I have love in my heart for this business and I don't want to be like anything else because I'm not like anything else. I don't look like anything else. When I walk in a room, you don't see me and say, you know, he's a lot like that doesn't happen. So it's like, um, you know, like even like I make the joke about Mr. Thomas and Ricochet, but like neither one of them is like me either. We just all light skinned with beards. Right. So it's like involved. So it's like, you know, like there's nothing like me in this business. And a lot of times when you're different, people don't know how to decipher it. And you, to your credit, you're like, well, you know, uh, I didn't understand or I didn't uh, know what was going on. But let me see how this plays out because you're intelligent. But most people would be like, I don't get this immediately right now. So I don't like it. Right. Which is fine because I'm trying to be a heel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but at the end of the day, that's how a lot of reactions are. I think maybe it'll come, at least for me, I think it comes with age too, because I, I'm wondering yeah. how I would have received it this, you know, like 10 or 15 years ago. Like, I like music, I like comic books, I like all these different things, but like, I don't know how I would have reacted to something in a wrestling environment because it, for so long, I was like, and I can't remember who I said this to, but I used the, the comparison like, I want my wrestling a certain way or you watched a certain brand of wrestling. And then when that deviates from the norm, it's either Mm -hmm. you really embrace it or you don't. And it was like, kind of like people talk about the, the WWE style where it's like more of a storytelling style and it's not fast moves and high flying moves and stuff like that. And then it's like, when you got that version of the thing people were talking about, it's like, Oh, maybe we should like kind of, ebb and flow and go back to what was there because now that you had that you know like instead of having like one finisher or two finishers a match now the whole thing the, the last three minutes of a match is going insane and you're like oh it, it's not as special anymore so mm. and yeah to, for me i like when it comes to like what you just said about matches and whatnot like I don't believe in the, 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 like, I wrestle like an 80s heel. Um, I actually listen to the crowd and what they say. I don't, 
run a spot because I know the spot is coming up. Like I'm going to let things breathe. Um, and a lot of times it's like, especially now it's like, that makes my matches so different than everybody else's because nobody's doing that. You know what I'm saying? And like, like, why would I, I'm a, uh, why would I try to wrestle like speedball Mike Bailey when a, I can't and B if I did, it would be a disservice when I can wrestle the exact opposite. And then everybody's like, Oh, you both are good. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I try to stand out as much as I can. Um, somebody once said, and it's funny, I'm bringing up Ricochet again, but somebody, uh, I, I can't even remember who it was, but I was training. I want to say it might've been, uh, might've been Jay Rios. He said, Ricochet's already signed. So like, there's, you're not gonna get over it cause you can do cool moves. He can already do them all. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he's, he already exists. So like you gotta find a way to to stand out, and to me it's like character shit. It's taking your time. It's telling a story within a match. It's it's Easter eggs. It's it's actually listening to the crowd. When you see my match on Thursday at MLW, and my match at TNA on Thursday, like it was one thing I'm gonna do is listen to what the crowd is saying. I'm gonna play into the crowd because that's why you're there. Like. John Cena told us that when we told Hero that he was like, "Look, man, these people paid their money to come here, interact with them. Like, no matter what the producers and all the higher ups are saying, make sure there's a million people at home. Make sure you watch. Yeah, you got to work the hard camp, but the crowd is there. You don't ignore the people in the building. That's how you get ignored. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, and you know, Ricochet is the one and only, so." Literally, why? Literally, like, why are you gonna try to to replicate that? Um, yeah, exactly. I I do want to try to make this comparison because obviously you you spend six years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, you hear people talking about trying to tune out the crowd, especially if you're, if you're on the road. Mm-hmm. How how much of a learning curve or you know how much of a difficulty was it going from that environment where you're trying to tune it out and trying to ignore it versus what you're talking about now where you're making sure you're trying to embrace what the crowd wants and trying to work based on how they're reacting to you um it really honestly that's a good question nobody's ever asked me that question but honestly there wasn't a learning curve because um when you're in the football field like, yeah, the crowd might be loud, but they're usually not in, like, at least in America, they're not, like, in cohesive chants. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, it's just noise. You know what I'm saying? So it's, like, it's easy to tune that out. And, like, in wrestling, majority of the time, unless they're, like, popping for a move or popping for the finish, like, if they're making noise, it's, like, cohesive chants you can hear. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. AJ sucks. AJ sucks. Like, they don't really do that in football. So it's like, it's really just being comfortable enough to like take your time. Um, a lot of people work through their pops, which I learned a lot. You know, so It's like, I could be, I could know that I'm supposed to be doing something right now. Like, for example, uh, if I'm, let's say I'm cutting myself off. Like I know I'm about to cut myself off. Like I'm going to hit the post or I'm going to eat the turnbuckle. Like I know that that's coming and I hear people chanting, like, I know my opponent's not going to move until I run at them. 
So like, if I hear people chanting, I'm going to take all of that in before I run so that I'm mad. And then when I charge and I miss, it's yeah. But like, a lot of people are like, okay, I'm supposed to do the splash now. He set up, let's go. Like, that's not how I operate. Like, I, I need to, I need to feel the crowd. Mm-hmm. I know you you had some help a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to stress because you called it out. Your former teammate and best friend, Brent Grimes, <laughs> mm-hmm. not just NFL player, former former roommate. Or your former teammate and <laughs> roommate too. Yeah, I used to okay. live with him when we were on the Buccaneers. We lived together. Okay, too. <laughs> former teammate, roommate, and best friend. You had him uh, in CCW. It's Is funny he... you said that because he literally. I just had to send him the voicemail. He just called during this interview just now. But <laughs> okay. Uh, is he a guy that you would you'd maybe want to bring along with you to whether it's TNA MLW? Is he like a guy that you think could wrestle like a full match that? Oh, absolutely. Me and him have already had those those conversations. Um, mm-hmm. For the longest time, uh, when I first started wrestling, he actually came to train with me at CCW when I, uh, before. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, uh, but he was still like deciding whether he wanted to still play football or not. Um, even as late as last year, mm-hmm. he had offers to play. And it just, for him, he's made so much money in his career. He's like, the 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 fact of him leaving his house for six months to go play somewhere, he's just not a, like he's just like I'm cool, man. I don't want to yeah. do that. He's got a he's got a 13 year old son, you know, saying who's like a tennis prodigy. He wants to be around for his son, so it's like all right, cool. Like I don't want to do that. Um, but CCW is in South Florida where he lives, so he's actually been at all my shows in CCW. Like every single show I've ever every single show I've ever had in CCW, he's been there in the crowd. Um, so I finally was like, even though he's trained with me before, I finally, and he actually at Sausage Castle Wrestling, he was involved in, he was part of The Row, which when I got to WWE, obviously ended up becoming Hit Row. Um, so like he's done things with me before, but, uh, you know, he finally got a chance to do them with me at, uh, CCW and help me get the win. And, uh, we've already been talking about you know, him getting involved in a match. Brent is arguably the most athletic person I've ever met. Um, and I played in the NFL, so that's saying a lot. Uh, he's in his 40s now, and he still has a 40-inch vertical. So, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like he's, a, he's a specimen. So, like, obviously, he could do some really cool things in the ring. Um, and we're looking forward to exploring that more, for sure. You... I, I think I'm confident in saying this. You'll work with anyone, I, I think. Yeah, for sure. So, and, and I think people have a hard time with that. And I'm talking about, like, some other wrestlers. You've seen some major stories in the past year or two where mm-hmm. people people wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll leave names out of it, but use your imagination. But yeah. why do you think, is this maybe an NFL mentality? Is this just you personally where like, you know, you're out there to make money. You, you want to better your career as a wrestler. You want to make money. Why do you think you have that mentality where maybe it hasn't uh, been more fully accepted in pro wrestling? Um, Me personally, I can't speak for other people, but me personally, it's like, 
people have dragged my name over bullshit for years. People have pretended I'm a bad person. Unfairly. Have run, oh yeah, you know what I'm unfairly. saying? People have run unfairly. People have run articles about how bad a person I am while I'm literally sitting at my canned food drive for homeless children. This is the things that have happened in the past. Um, so it's like I understand how the media and how perception can twist reality. And so, like, me personally, if I don't have, like, I don't have a personal problem with you. If I've, if I've never met you, like, if, if, if I've never met you, there's nothing for me to, like, base my judgment off other than, like, okay, what were you uh, arrested for? And even if you were arrested for something, like, I got people in my family that have been arrested for things. My, you know what I'm saying? Like my grandfather, my pop-up Leon is 75 years old and he spent 45 years of his life in prison. So it's like, he just got home like four years ago. So it's like, who am I to judge people? Right. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, you know how the wrestling business is just really clicky. Like I had a, this weekend, um, I had a guy that was doing extra work at TNA come up to me. And he was telling me how much of a fan of mine he was and how much he respected what I do for the black community. Uh, he was a black man too. And I was like, yo, you want to take a picture? And he's like, man, I don't know. You know, we're back here. I don't know if, I don't want to get in trouble for taking a picture. I'm like, man, fuck that. Like, take this picture, bro. Like if you, like people care too much with about bullshit. And to TNA's credit, they don't care about that. Like they don't, that, that's that's not their motive. But like people care too much about the bullshit in wrestling. Like mm -hmm. this is all make-believe, bro. We're all actors on a play. Like play your role. Like do I think that, like LA Knight's a very good friend of mine, but I do I think that LA Knight would beat my ass in two minutes if we actually had a real fight? No. But like, in a match, he can beat me in five seconds because it's all make-believe, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he's my homeboy. So it's like, like, you got to be willing to put the bullshit aside. But the problem is in an industry that is not, uh, in an industry that is scripted, people think the script is their real life. And I come into this from the NFL, like, knowing that, like, and wrestlers hate when I say this, but like, my job in wrestling is way easier than my job ever was in football. Mm -hmm. Like in football, I'm literally fighting another overgrown grizzly bear gorilla man like myself for hours on end, physical assault. And if one of us gets hurt, oh, well, uh, sorry, mm -hmm. better look next time. But like the entire point of going out there and doing matches is making sure everybody comes through safe in the through the curtain like like we're taking care of each other and like i think sometimes people forget that too like i don't want to hurt nobody i don't want nobody to hurt me i want us all to make money like this is a show like let's be actors like there's a reason why so many people transition from wrestling into hollywood it's because hollywood you get more than one take <laughs> like you get 30 takes Right. So like we're live action stuntmen actors and like too many people put 
like too much. And here's the thing. Like, I'm not judging nobody. Like I, for example, have a show like Effie. Hold on. I'm getting another call. Sorry. (laughs) Effie. Effie, for example, one of of my favorite people in wrestling. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have a relationship with Matt Riddle. We worked together in WWE for a long time and we have hung out many times. Like, I asked Effie, would he do a show with Matt Riddle? And he said, absolutely not. That's his perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to be on MLW with Matt Riddle this weekend. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and I've been on GCW with Effie. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if other people want to take those stances, that is their prerogative to do it. And I'm not one to judge who anybody wants to work with. Mm-hmm. But that ain't got no bearing on me. Like, I'll work with anybody. If Ryback wants a match, I'll slap his bald head, okay? Like, mm-hmm. it's just that something like, I'm not, I don't believe, people tried to blacklist me over some bullshit. So what, why would I ever, knowing that, act like that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, not for nothing, I know you've already addressed it and said that, and I agree with you, it's kind of unfair how people sort of pigeonholed you or i don't know if that's the right way to do it yeah but they, they ran yeah. they ran with a story and I, I said at the time i was like you know i i know you're not like that i know it's you know take it with a grain of salt or maybe even and last. the crazy thing is this story that has been that it was ran is like this is all hearsay like nobody's ever said this is what i said there before the interview what have i ever done tell me I would love for someone to tell me what I ever done. Mm-hmm. You see, people say I'm hard to work with. Oh, I'm hard to work with. Isn't that what they said about Keith Lee? Like, isn't that what they said about million wrestlers? Like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, it, there's nothing, there's no one person can be like, this is why I yeah. actually believe that. You see what I'm saying? No one could say, this is why I believe that. This is why that happened. Be, and I, I dare someone to come out and say it. I mm-hmm. dare someone to find the thing that I do. Because if you ask anyone who's ever actually worked with me, they would never say that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I know the story you're talking about. It was like Keith Lee got released and it was like, oh, he has attitude issues. It's like, okay, like, where's this coming yeah. from? So did Leo Rush. Obviously, me and Leo Rush and Keith Lee are the only wrestlers ever to have attitude issues in the history of wrestling, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh Meanwhile, yeah. there's a literally an entire documentary series on Vice about all the terrible attitudes that people have had in wrestling and the things that they've done. And no one at the time was like, oh, man, that might be out of character for you to be doing all this shit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Very interesting how that works. Look, look on, a, on a larger scale. You, you have CM Punk. Mm-hmm. You know, look how he left WWE. And regardless look of how he acted was, when he was, look how back. he acted when he was gone. Like, look at the things he said and did when he was gone, and he's back. You know what I'm saying? Like, do, do I – I've already had the conversations with Hunter. Hunter already told me himself the door's not closed. But at the end of the day, it's like, I like to go where I'm wanted. Mm-hmm. I'm wanted at MOW. I'm wanted at TNA. I'm wanted at NWA. People want me to be there to do the things that they know that I can do. Uh, I'm not – 
just an ancillary character and I never have been. And I'm tired of being treated like that. I'm a star. And now I'm on my process of showing you I'm a star. Think about all the other guys that are killing it right now on the indies the mustafa ali's the matt cardona's the these guys that are making a killing on the indies right the matt riddles all these guys for the most part have been wrestling way longer than me you know what i'm saying all these guys for the most part have had way more matches than me even like on the indies like uh, since and since you know december like the buzz I've created in, in the amount of matches I've had is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I just had my first match in TNA this weekend, and I've been on – that was my sixth TNA show. So the amount of buzz I was able to create without the matches, I mean, that's something special. There's, there's People give a damn what I do. People care what I do and where I go. I mean, that's always been the case. That's why I can make a joke about sneakers and hurt and have half of wrestling butt hurt. Yeah, I remember the uh, the firestorm <laughs> that resulted from that. Exactly, because people care what I say. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they have for years. Like, and so, and they will continue to. The, today, an article ran about the Cam Newton fight at his camp yesterday, and one of the things, one of the like tweets that is in the article of people talking about it is me. Mm-hmm. Nobody else in wrestling is involved. It's all, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Former football players, pro bowlers, you know, me and Will Compton. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like I have a bigger reach than just wrestling. And that's honestly why I think a lot of people in wrestling don't like me. It's because, like, like when I got the A and E Most Wanted Treasures gig, people assumed I got the gig because I was handpicked by WWE. When in fact, they WWE didn't want me to get the gig because I hadn't been on TV yet. The only reason I got the gig is because A and E and the production company knew that I had ten years of hosting experience on television, mm-hmm. and I just happened to be at the PC. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, but but that's the thing is that like people are intimidated by. The amount, like, whenever, perfect example, when Westside Gun came to TNA this past weekend, like, he came there and everybody was trying to take pictures with him and, and get up to him. And rightfully so, he's a star. Fans in the crowd, people in the back, people want to talk to him. But he wanted to talk to me. Like, he wanted to take pictures with me because me and him have had a relationship for years. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. so, like, he, we, we took pictures in the ring. We was in there talking, like, we... He was like, yo, come to Jamaica tomorrow. I'm like, I can't come to Jamaica tomorrow, bro. I got another, I got a match tomorrow. But like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are the things that I can bring to the table. And finally, people are able to see that mm-hmm. because I went like WWE doesn't need people that have the access that I have because they have that access. And quite frankly, they have more than me. Like, I have a lot of access, but WWE can get anything whenever they want it, whenever, like whenever they need it. Yeah. All it takes is one phone call. Hey, we're WWE, right? Like, that's all they need. So they don't need someone like me that can get in these rooms, go to Super Bowl Media Row, and, you know, like, I've been on the Pat McAfee show more than anybody not named Roman Reigns or Paul Heyman. You know what I'm saying? Like, in wrestling. And that's because me and Pat go back to the NFL. So it's like, see what I'm saying? Like, but these other companies... They do need that exposure. 
They do need people that can get into the mainstream audience. They do need people that people give a damn when they speak. And that's why I'm such a hot commodity because I can bring something different to the table. Like MLW has a show Thursday in New York. If all it would take for me to is one phone call, if I was there on Wednesday and Thursday morning, I could do media runs at all the television shows and all the radio networks mm-hmm. off of my own ability. You know what I'm saying? Nobody making that call for me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like these other companies need that level of exposure. They need that level of stardom. And that's what I'm I'm very grateful for because now I get to show who I really am. Now look at the the, the Cheese It Championship. Like that was, mm-hmm. that was a really cool thing. Like big spot in a bowl game. There you go. Showing it off. And you know, seven people, million people watched that game. And some people were like, oh, like, you know, taking digs when they shouldn't have. Like you're in a spot that other people can't be in. And then you bring it to oh. TV. And then, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Joe Hendry had some fun at your expense, but it's still Joe something that, that Joe Hendry would have loved that check. But you know what I Joe mean? Hendry. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not ha- it's not happening on TNA TV if you weren't in that spot, if you didn't put yourself in that spot on a national level. Bingo. So it's like they do almost Bingo. work hand in hand. They do. And it's like it's funny because like these people taking the digs and all that, like them people would have left their firstborn child at home with someone they didn't know to watch them for two days so that they could fly out to Orlando and host the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl as the Cheez-It champion. So it's like, all right, yeah, you can pretend that this isn't cool, but uh, it's one of one, nobody else. And the funniest part is like, I didn't even make that phone call. They called me. Another time where a relationship that I built before wrestling paid off uh you know what i'm saying like these are things that come to fruition when you put the work in i've been planting seeds for 15 years i've been doing tv since i was 17 years old in 2007 so like uh, i've been working at i've worked at every major network you can name um and a lot of times when i was doing it back then it was for free and yeah it i wasn't getting paid to do it but i was getting paid in experience and networking so now when a major news story breaks, like, you know how many, like, just because it's not my business and I want to stay out of it, you know how many major networks have contacted me about my opinion on the entire Vince McMahon situation? You see them? <laughs> like, yeah. and, I, and I'm and i just like, hey, man, I don't want to, I'm not even in it, man. I don't want to be involved in that shit. So it's like, like, I, you know, but like, if I was... Mr. Vengeful, Mr. Petty, Mr. Asshole, I'd go on there and do that. But that's not me. Like, I only do things that I think are going to make me money. I don't get anything out of uh, go- out of going somewhere and and talking crazy because, like, I'm in a position now where I get things like a Cheez-It sponsorship. You know what I'm saying? Like, where all I got to do is stand there and look pretty, and they pay me a lot of money. So it's like... Why would I why why would I give a damn what a Joe Hendry thinks about it or what a wrestling fan X thinks about it when they would die for the opportunity to do the things that I've done? You know what I'm saying? I have a couple. Even this right here, Trill Burgers. This how I have one right now. Bun B is the owner of Trill Burgers. Bun B is one of the most iconic, well-known 
prolific, legendary rappers in the history of rap. He's on, I don't know if you know who Bun B is, but he's on the song Big Pimpin' with Jay-Z, which is a very, very well-known song, one of the most famous songs in hip-hop, right? He's been an icon for years. He was part of UGK with Pimp C, and, uh, like, they're one of the most iconic hip-hop groups of all time. I I rep him because I met him, and he was a huge fan of what I can do, not just wrestling wise, but lyrically. And we became boys. Like I was hanging with him Super Bowl weekend in Vegas. Like mm-hmm. he's good people. He was supposed to actually be in New Orleans for TNA this past weekend, but it just didn't work out. Um so like but like that's another big sponsorship opportunity that like wrestlers would die to know that Bun Bun B, especially wrestlers in the, from the culture would die to know that Bun B like supports them mm-hmm. and wants to work with them. Like um, I had um, the infantry from AEW pulled up and they said that themselves, Carly Barbo and Sean Dean, they were like, yo, thank you so much for hooking us up with Bun. Like I look out for my people and I always have. And that's why I think people genuinely like yourself, like genuinely fuck with me. I appreciate you saying that. Um, I, I do a watch list feature where I try to get match picks and I want to go back to something you said about how it's, you know, you're on a stage, it's a play. Is there a match that what, no matter where it took place that you, you really felt like, okay, this is what I, I set out to do. This is where we really had the crowd. Just one that stands out as a, a good example of the wrestler you try to be. Uh, yeah, I just had it with uh, Cha-Cha Charlie at CCW. Um, the match with, with where Brink gets involved, which is the second match, it's a, um, uh, it's a street fight. That match was also really good. But the first match that we did, which was just a grudge match, um, it was the biggest show CCW ever had. And uh, it was my first match back from WWE. And uh, to me, that's the perfect pick because – it's my first match back from WWE and I spent all of my time in WWE not showing what I was actually capable of. Uh, so to then come back first match and have the crowd in the palm of your hand that, like that and to work how I know I can work, that match I would say is the one. The way, if you wanted to watch that one, it's me versus Cha-Cha Charlie, CCW, uh, grudge match. I believe it was Mar- – it was uh, – February 3rd, I think, was the date. Maybe February 2nd. But uh, it was my first... Or am I lying? No, it was, it was January, like, 6th, I think. It was something... Uh, it was it was my first match back. And uh, it was awesome because uh, me and Cha-Cha had that match planned out, like, years before. But then I got re-signed to WWE, so it was like we had to... We had to squash the series, but we brought it back better than ever. And, um, yeah, it was the biggest show CCW ever had. There's probably like 500 people in there in a brewery. It was hot as hell. And the match was great. And the crowd was in it the whole time. And you get to see me at my peak. Like, that's if you want to see what I bring to the table, like, go watch that match. Uh, it's, it's, it's wrestling one-on-one, man. It's, it's really – I'm really the old-school 80s heel, man. And, like, I, I love – what that match was because it's like one of those things it's like you know Ric Flair talks about it other people talk about it like confidence like mm-hmm. 
I always had confidence in myself. Like, and even when nobody else had confidence in me, I had confidence in myself. And like, when I got released the second time, I didn't lose my confidence. If anything, I got bolstered like, okay, motherfucker, you want to see how, who I am? Okay. Mm-hmm. So then for my first match back to go like that one did, it was like, yeah, I'm exactly who I say I am and I'm ready to show everybody. Yeah. So it was like, even though I was confident going into it, coming out of it, I was like even more confident. I was like, yeah, that's it. And to that point, you you could see a little bit of a of a shift in attitude too. It was almost like like a chip or a confidence boost. Like even coming yeah, off not, of something like mi- that, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I got released, but you know, you, you kind of brought it to because I don't level. got I don't got I don't gotta be Mr. Nice Guy no more. I don't gotta worry about ruffling people's feathers. I don't give a shit if you're mad at what I say anymore. Because people will get mad at the things that I say that are true. So it's like I don't care anymore. Like, I was trying to be Mr. Nice Guy. It didn't work out for me. I was walked all over, and I was disrespected. So it was like, now I'm going to show you who I really am. I'm not pulling my punches. I'm going to show you how I really can be. And now people are like, wow, I like this AJ. I'm like, this is the AJ that's always been there. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I went out of my way to be Mr. Nice Guy, even when I was getting shit on by commentary all the time, which was a work. You know what I'm saying? But, like, even when that was happening, even when I was losing to Sheamus in eight seconds and trending for three days, like, I was Mr. Nice Guy. I wasn't an asshole about it. I didn't go out of my way to to bitch and complain. And it got me fucking nothing. (laughs) It got me nothing. I still was released for no reason at all. So now I'm like, okay, well, there's no point in me being nice. Nice guys finish last. I'm going to be the real person. Y'all want me to be the asshole that nobody likes? I'm going to show you how much nobody likes me and now i'm the biggest heel in wrestling and you can say whatever you want but how many other people could make matt cardona a heel tomorrow i mean a baby face tomorrow how many people could make sean ross sap a baby face tomorrow name them i I know i could Mm -hmm. so it's like I'm ready to show everybody who exactly I am. That's why I'm hitting every single show possible because I'm tired of my name being treated like I'm a lesser than. I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Go look at MLW social media, uh, my announcement. Go look at NWA. Go look at the numbers that me and Joe Hendry are doing on TNA. Like, it ain't just me showing, saying it. I'm showing so it's like, go look, go look at, go look at my numbers on GCW. Go look at the numbers that involve me and the ones that don't like I'm the guy and I, and I'm tired of pretending I'm not anymore. I'm tired of playing Mr. Nice guy. I'm tired of uh, waiting my turn and all that other bullshit. I'm not, I'm not playing that no more. None of these guys can deal with me, man. And, and that's why I say what I say. I say, I'm the best promo in the business. And if anybody got a problem with it, feel free to say something. Like, uh, I stand on mine. Before I get to my final question, I just want to say I respect that you are not only sharing that, but doing things the way you are. Because, like you said, you're not going to get things by waiting your turn. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's paying off, not to be too cliche, but 
the proof is in the pudding like you said like mm -hmm. you're, you're seeing the results so you know keep keep doing what you're doing I, I knew i knew it was working i knew it was working crazy when matt cardona did a promo for gcw and he talked about how he wants to fight Mustafa Ali. He has unfinished business with Nick Nemeth. And then he brought me up. And I was like, I ain't never worked with him. Like, he worked with both of them before. Like, yeah. he know them. Like, I know him. But oh, my only connection with him is through Mojo Raleigh because me and Mojo play college football together, mm -hmm. right? So, like, as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh, I got to be the hottest dude in wrestling because there's no, mm -hmm. there's no other reason Cardona would even mention my name. Because he's just about making money. Like, we talk shit on the internet, but we both businessmen. And we know that eventually we're going to get a chance to face each other. Maybe at MLW if they're smart enough to book it. And it'll be a big-time match. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, we know that. So, like, ever since then, I was like, oh. And at that point, I hadn't even wrestled a match at TNA. Mm -hmm. I really hadn't even been on TNA at all. It was just off of my promos and everything building buzz like i'm 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 at the point now where i'm ready to show that i'm the man i'm not just saying i'm the man i'm ready to show you i'm the man and if you don't believe me just watch plenty of places giving you that opportunity mm -hmm. to prove it mm -hmm. uh i saw this earlier so I, I gotta ask, what would you do for Chick Fil A on a Sunday? Chick Fil A on a Sunday—that's a great a hey, man. A lot, my boy. Like I don't know why, but the cravings for Chick Fil A increase exponentially on um, Sunday. Mm -hmm. I landed at the airport yesterday, and I was like, it's like eight a.m. because I had a six a.m. flight out of New Orleans. Landed at like eight a.m. I'm like, I'm gonna go get this Chick Fil A breakfast. I'm like so hyped. And I'm like, it's Sunday. And I'm standing there with Zaya Brookside because we both talk about wanting to get Chick-fil-A. And at the same time, we both realize it's Sunday and we ain't getting no damn Chick-fil-A. And we're distraught. You know what I'm saying? Chick-fil-A on a Sunday, the things that I would do, mm, I would definitely take a ladder bump off a table. If I could, uh, I mean, uh, a ladder bump through a table. That same uh, spot Sammy Guevara did, if I could get uh, Chick-fil-A every Sunday for the rest of my life, I would definitely take that spot. No, no doubt about it. I, I feel the same way about Four Rivers Barbecue. Ah, okay. There is one of those down here in Orlando uh, that I've been to uh, a couple times. It's pretty good. When I when I lived there, that was like, I never thought, like, you think of all the barbecue places you can go around the country. Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would like Central Florida barbecue that much. But, like, <laughs> uh, I, I was just down there for the Royal Rumble, and I was uh -huh. like, my you know like my plans it's like oh i gotta do media i gotta go to the event i was like i gotta make sure i have time to go to four rivers because man yeah so that's how i am when i like when i get to new york this week i'm going straight to prince street pizza you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. like it's just there's some places when you get there when i was in new orleans this past week uh there's a wing place called chicken and watermelon that i had to hit the first thing i did when i got to new orleans was chicken water so it's like yeah. the, i love that's one thing i love about this business is is the like people say the hardest part of the business is the travel and yeah it can be hard but like the opportunities to if you're at least if like you're in a city for a couple days like you get a chance to do some things you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so like it is annoying when you gotta go city to city to city to city back to back to back to back but like 
that's one thing I like is being able to get out there and 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 like you said, you land Orlando, you're like, I gotta hit four rivers. It's just like a given. Yeah. Uh we talked MLW, we got that February 29th. Uh TNA on Thursdays. Uh anything else you want to plug or promote? Anything like in wrestling or outside you have going on? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on all social media at AJ Francis 410. Um, keep streaming my song, We Outside. It's doing great numbers. Uh, keep streaming the album I got with Tez called God is Good. Uh, Montez is a hell of an artist, and we put a great project out together. Yeah, both my single and uh, uh, his album are on all streaming platforms. So keep running them numbers up. It looks great. You know what I'm saying? We're having opportunities to do a lot of cool things. So, um, yeah, it's a good time, man. I'm very much looking forward to the next few months because uh i'm finally getting to show who i really am um and i tried my damnedest to do that uh in wwe to no avail um not that i couldn't do it in wwe if i was brought back or that i couldn't have done it in wwe when i was there it's all about opportunity um you know and uh i didn't get the opportunities that i felt that i deserved um, that I felt that Hit Row as a whole deserved. Um, B-Fab just was in the Battle Royal a couple weeks ago. She's been ready to wrestle. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Tahuti's doing his thing. Uh, Ashante's doing his thing with Cedric and the tag team now. Like, he's been ready to go. Like, he was in the tag team before. Might have heard of it. It's called Hit Row. And we, you know, we, we could have done, we did do, we went around the world and had some of the hottest crowds, hottest matches on every card that we did. We could have been doing that. So it's all about opportunity. I'm just grateful that they're both getting opportunities and that I am now getting opportunities. It's sad that I had to leave to get these opportunities, but hey, they're still coming. And now they're better than ever because it's all me. 